0: It's Thursday at 10 a.m. and you're listening to the Eagles Nest on Weagle 91.1 FM talking all things sports with a special focus on our Auburn Tigers here on the Plains. If you want to be a part of today's action feel free to tweet at us at Daniel J. Locke or the Beat. Let's get into the action.
1: And hello everybody, welcome into the Eagle's Nest here on WEGL 91.1 FM here in the Melton Student Center on the campus of Auburn University in the Bradley Basin Studios. I am Griggs Blankenberg, alongside my co-host is Daniel Locke. Daniel, how are you doing today?
0: Griggs, I am pretty good. Um, It's been a long week, bout over, I don't really have anything going on tomorrow, head home to get ready to go to Knoxville on
1: Saturday. But... Just living life, man. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's been a long, long day, but we're getting through it, and I'm just glad here we can talk some sports. Absolutely. Do it. So you just want to jump right into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Auburn went
0: down to Gainesville this weekend. Didn't go well.
1: Yeah, it didn't go well. Final score of that one from Gainesville. Auburn, 62. Florida, 63. I just didn't – we just didn't have – I don't think we just ever just had a good flow for our gameplay at all. I just didn't really feel the game flow as that – well for the team like,
0: no it felt clunky the whole time um honestly I feel like it's kind of a miracle we only lost by one because we
1: were struggling mm-hmm. I keep looking back to it I've thought about this more throughout the day but with that um the final possession of Auburn when Window had the ball and I guess he just got sw- uh, swarmed so quickly he didn't really get to see Walker open kind of just like a clear path to the paint but what do you think about that I mean I've been thinking about that a little bit
0: yeah, I have two. Um, obviously, if you're Coach Pearl, you've probably relived that situation in your head a hundred times. I don't really know. Like that's, it's honestly, it's really tough to make those kind of decisions on like what to do, who to instruct the team to give the ball to in certain situations, and it just it didn't work out that time.
1: Yeah. Um leading scorer from that game Colin uh Katie Johnson had 23 points for Auburn. That's pretty, Oh wait no, sorry. Was this the Oh, sorry. I had the um I had the first game pulled up. Oops. Let me just pull good. that up real quick. I don't know why it pulled up the wrong Auburn's game. Auburn's
0: leading scorer was Jabari Smith who had a 28 piece, 28 points. Very good. Katie had 12. Walker Kessler had 11. Off the bench, Wendell Green had 5. Dylan Cardwell had 2. Devin Cambridge had 2.
1: And I forgot to mention Alan Flanagan also had 2. Leading the way for the rebounds was the Gators' Colin Castleton with 8. The Tigers had Jabari Smith at 7. And assists man, Wendell Green Jr. for Auburn with 5. And P. Fleming Jr. for the Gators with 5. I don't think you can take much away from this game just the fact that, okay, we've had our couple knockback games on the road, we need to get it together, and we need to get it going now. But, yeah, I think last night was a good bounce-back game if you want to get into that one. Sure. So,
0: last night, the Auburn Tigers hosted the Ole Miss Rebels at home at Auburn Arena. That game went substantially better than Saturday's as Auburn would take home a 77-64 to lead. Not quite covering, but breathing on it. Uh, let's see what we got here. Your leading scorer for Auburn was Jabari Smith, once again with 14 points. Close behind him was Wendell Green with 14. Oh, excuse me, the disrespect.
1: Zepp Jasper also had 15 points. Great night from Zepp the other night. Absolutely. Very great. It's great when one of your defensive focal guys can get you some points on the offensive side.
0: It is. It was awesome to see him shooting he shot very well.
1: He looked it was a very fluid motion too. Not as like not a Jabari jump shot, but it just looked like everything he had confidence when he took that shot. Yeah, he went
0: um 5 from 7 or 5 of 7 from the field, 4 or 5 from the three-point line. Very good night for Zepp.
1: I, I think that also translates to him being one of our older guys. He's probably the oldest yeah. player on our team that actually like gets minutes. He is. So yeah. he has that more maturity where I think that can also translate to his uh, uh assist uh or turnover per minute ratio. I think that helps him a lot, even though he had, like, an off night last night with two turnovers in that regard. But I think his ability to just take the good shots and not just force anything, I think that helps our team that can sometimes be seen as they pass, quick, spot-up shot team. But, yeah, it was great to see him get back in that after being out, not being able to be productive after that uh, strep game, uh, the two games he was out with strep. Yeah, but... Also leading the way in rebounding for the Tigers was Walker Kessler. We've probably said that a few times this year with 10 rebounds and the leading assist man. I feel like this would be the first time we've said this this year, but it's Jabari Smith with five assists. So that's some good ball movement for the Tigers if if your four man is getting up the leading assists.
0: Yeah, it is. And it's always motivating to kind of see that. And I like how... There will be certain nights on this team when one, two or three guys will take over mm-hmm. or they can have nights where they spread it around. I like to see that. I like the versatility that this team has. They can beat you a lot of different ways. And I feel like that's that's the type of team that you see win national championships.
1: I do too. You, the more you move that ball, the more I think the better the better teams when you're shooting three points better. We did that better last night. And the teams that are um giving up less uh, turnovers. I mean, Auburn shot 36% from three last night. That's way beyond better than what we had the past couple of games, I believe. Correct? Oh, it is. Um, The past couple of games, they just
0: kind of felt clunky, a little painful. No, painful is not the right word. But just compared to what we're used to, it's mm-hmm. a little, little hard to watch.
1: But, you know... It was a great bounce back game in front of the jungle. My last game, unfortunately, in the jungle for this year. Yeah,
0: I was not in the jungle. I was sitting on press row. My last game was the Vanderbilt game. I'll definitely miss it. Uh, I'm not going to be here for the South Carolina game. Like you said, you aren't either. But I eagerly await um, next year. And
1: while we're looking forward to things, how about Saturday? I'll be heading up yeah. to Knoxville. Let's talk about that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, the number three Auburn Tigers head to Thomas Bowling Arena in knoxville tennessee to take on the number 17 tennessee volunteers who are i believe the three seed in the sec as of this moment tip off is set for 3 p.m central time on espn um this is a very interesting matchup both teams uh coming off of losses on saturday on last saturday bounce back with a win on tuesday for the volunteers and then wednesday for the tigers against old miss um I was alluding to this earlier with someone, the uh, leading rebounder for the uh, Volunteers, Oliver Nakuma. I think we talked about this, but Oliver Nakuma um, is out for the year. They're, they are without their leading assist uh, rebounder. So what I've gathered from this Tennessee team is they're kind of lacking production down low, which is helpful, for, helpful to Auburn because they have some really small guards at Tennessee. So they can't really be – if you're smarter than that, you won't. You'll know not to drive on Walker Kessler too much, because if you start getting into a rhythm, he'll have another eight, nine, ten block game, and that rarely has translated to a victory for the other team.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's definitely something that they can't afford to have happen. They're gonna have to find a way to produce something away from him. Um, hopefully, they don't figure that out. Hopefully, it'll just be an, another Auburn victory. And we'll move a little closer to the SEC regular season championship. But still a few more. Mike got to win Saturday.
1: Very important game in the SEC on Saturday.
0: Yeah. And also also in the SEC, one plays three and two plays four. With yeah. Kentucky mm-hmm. taking on Arkansas. Is that in That's Rupp- in Fayetteville. Okay.
1: So if the Razorbacks were to win and the, the Tigers were to win, I think they would clinch. At least a share. I'm not. I'm not sure. Would they at least clinch a share of the title if they won on Saturday and then the Cats lost? Uh, something like that. Yeah, I'm not sure the exact number. Um, let me see that real quick. Yeah. Um, While
0: you're looking at that, um, going into this game, I would like to see another big night from Zep. Um, I'd like to see, obviously, big night from Jabari. Never hurts. I would like to see Wendell get some more confidence. I'd like to see Walker do what he does. KD bounce back game. KD bounce back game for sure.
1: But yeah, the standings is right now, Auburn is has a one game lead over Kentucky. Auburn is thirteen and two. Kentucky is twelve and three. Auburn does have the one game tiebreaker. And if things were to go our way on Saturday with the Tigers winning and the Wildcats losing in Fayetteville, Auburn would go to fourteen and two. And Kentucky would go to twelve and four. And Arkansas would also be twelve and four. But they'd split the series. So I believe that would at least clinch Auburn a share of the regular season title if they have a two-game lead over the second place. Yeah, I think that sounds right. And then they just have to win one more game either at Ole Miss or at home against the Gamecocks to clinch the entire SEC, which is we were predicted to finish fifth this year. I did not think we would finish that low. I think we'd finish probably two or three behind Kentucky or Tennessee or Ar- actually Tennessee or Arkansas. Kentucky or Arkansas, but here we are. Yeah, so.
0: Alabama was also projected to finish pretty highly, but obviously that has not transpired. I'm still, I'm still interested
1: to see what Alabama does in, in the NCAA tournament, just the way they played too. against good teams this year. They could, someone said they can go home the first weekend or they can play during the last weekend, which I don't think that's going to happen, but I definitely could see them being a second weekend team. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I feel like round 32. I just don't feel like they have the consistency to – kind of make a run i could be wrong they but they play down to their competition or they play up to it Mm -hmm. so if they were to be i think right now they're projected like a five or a six seed so that first game they're going to be playing somebody substantially worse than them which means that they're going to probably play down to them so but they might set themselves up to be one of those cinderella upset like just think team, you jump over to get kind of going.
1: I think just off their reputation from football, no one really wants to see them succeed in anything. But yeah, but that's just my opinion.
0: Obviously, we're a little biased on that front, but it is what it is. You have any other thoughts on this basketball?
1: I think it'll be a close game. I'll give our prediction, my prediction later, and who you got. But it's going to be an exciting game, and I think both teams, if if they stay out of foul trouble and the rest keep their whistle around their neck and not in their mouth, then I think it's going to be a good game. I do too. With that being said, Auburn taking on Tennessee this Saturday.
0: When We're about to head to a quick break. When we get back, we'll be talking about the NBA. You're listening to the Eagles' Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Daniel Locke alongside me, Griggs Blankenberg. Don't go anywhere.
1: And welcome back to the Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I am Griggs Blankerick again. Joined alongside me is my co-host Daniel Locke. After our segment on the Auburn Tigers basketball recap of last week and the preview of the Tennessee matchup this Saturday, we're going to be talking about the National Basketball Association what's going on in the NBA. So I, the biggest story I got here from last night was uh, the Knicks and Kemba Walker agreed to shut it down for the year so he can get healthy. Coming from me as a Hornets, I'd say diehard fan diehard fan of the Hornets, it hurts to see that Kemba has not succeeded the way people had thought he would in Boston and New York since he left Charlotte. I wish we would have paid him more to keep him around, but now we have Lamelo, and I think things are going in the right direction, so I'm okay with that. But, I mean, Kemba's always willing to play for the Knicks, but since he's from New York and stuff, but I think just him wanting to be, like, I think he just needs to find somewhere that needs him. I think he struggled earlier in the year, the Knicks and their fan base were quick to push him to the side, which he didn't really get in Charlotte if he ever struggled, like, in the beginning of his career, so. Yeah. Um,
0: I also love Kimba. I loved him before he was a Celtic. Um, I liked him a lot as a Hornet. Um, Obviously, I loved him as a Celtic, but... I hate to see him struggle, too. I hated to see him go. Uh, I wish we could have held on to him. But, yeah, I um, I know it was this dream play for the Knicks being from that area, like you said. So, maybe – I hope they get this going next year. Um, but, yeah, you just never know. Um, moving on in our kind of NBA talk, Kyrie and the Brooklyn Nets hope that the NYC vaccine mandate will soon be phased out. That way, Kyrie can play in the Barclays Center for the first time. Isn't that crazy that one of your better players is only able to play in half your games for something that's not due to injury?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the New York mayor said they hope to phase that out soon, but Adam Silver brought up the other day. I thought it was a really good point. Why are players – we don't have to talk about vaccines and stuff, but why are players who are unvaccinated able to come in there and play in the Barclays Center? But people like Kyrie who play there for their – the half their game. So they play there for what is it, 40 something games? Yeah, 41. 41 games. Why can't he play 41 games there? But other people can come in there unvaccinated. So that's an interesting conversation from the commissioner. I thought he brought that up during All Star weekend. But I think the NBA is better when Kyrie and all of the stars are playing in it. But also, speaking of another hopefully star in the making, uh, news out of New Orleans uh, Zion news is starting to circulate about how Zion is what some would say a not good teammate. Maybe compare him to Kyler Murray a little bit. Number one pick, who's not the greatest leader. Um, this was talked about by um, J.J. Redick the other day when he said he didn't really see Zion as, I believe is what he said, he didn't see Zion as someone who was like actively trying to talk to other people and try to lead the team as well. I think I got that right. If I don't, I'm sorry. Yeah, you did. But yeah, it's kind of yeah because he also this this started once he didn't when he didn't reach out to C.J. McCollum. Once they traded for him, but I think it's weird. It's kind of sad. I mean, he's—I don't even think he's played a full season yet, let alone a third of a season.
0: I don't even know if he's played a fourth of one. Like, he's his rookie year. Obviously, he didn't play until about January. Get about a month and a half in, and COVID shuts everything down. Um, he didn't play much last year at all. Then mm. I don't think he's suited up yet this year. Nope. So I I said it to my dad this weekend. I don't think he suits up in a Pelicans uniform again. What do you think about that?
1: I'd be surprised, but he's – I think we talked about this, but I think he's got in the room earlier today. But I think he has, like – becomes an unrestricted free agent after the 2023 season – or 2022-2023 season. Yeah, I can't remember does. if that's correct since he's still on his rookie deal. But it'll be interesting to see, I mean – I don't know who really wants him right now if he just continually stays injured. And there's also reports about his weight being not where it should be for an NBA-caliber player, but we'll have to see what that brings. And Another thing I saw it was the Pelicans didn't include him in the season ticket renewal for their season ticket holders. They say you can see players like C.J. McCollum, uh, Blank, and I think Brandon Ingram and other people. They didn't include Zion, so thought that was interesting. But I
0: should reach out to some of my family who has Pelican season tickets and see if that's true. I'd be interested to know cuz I mean people make stuff like that up all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's true cuz I don't know. I'm not saying it's false cuz I don't know. I just I'm going to reach out and see if that like if there's some weight to that.
1: Yeah, moving on a little bit speaking of uh or speaking of basketball. <laughs> uh let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Right now it is a very tight race at the top between the 1 and the 2 seed. The Chicago Bulls right now are the number one seed in the Eastern Conference at a record of 39-21. Number two, a half game behind, is the Miami Heat at 38-21. and 21. And third is in the 76ers. Fourth is the Milwaukee Bucks. Fifth are the Cleveland Cavaliers. The sixth are the Boston Celtics. Daniels, Boston Celtics. Mm. Uh, for people that don't remember, the NBA now has a play-in tournament for the playoffs. The top... Six seeds are guaranteed a spot in the postseason. Seven through ten will play a playing game. Seven will play uh, the number eight seed will play at the seven seed. The winner of that game will advance to the postseason to play the two seed. The loser of that game will play the winner of the at ten at nine seed game. And the loser of the seven to eight, the winner of the nine ten play. The winner of that game will play the one seed. So right now the Raptors are the seven seed. The Brooklyn Nets are the eight seed. My Charlotte Hornets are the 9 seed and the Atlanta Hawks are the number 10 seed. That is a very interesting play-in term if it comes about, Daniel. I don't know about you, but with healthy Kevin Durant, healthy Kyrie Irving, healthy Gordon Hayward and LaMelo, and then Trey Young and John Collins. That is yeah. definitely something to be interested about. Yeah, it is. I'm looking forward to kind of seeing it.
0: I like the play-in tournament. It was entertaining last year. and it is, Yeah, excited. it was entertaining.
1: Unfortunately for my team, it did not. Go well when we were in the playing tournament. Do you remember that day, like the day before the playing tournament? The Hornets were like the Hornets could play the the away game in the seven eight game, all the way down to the tenth game where they play on the road. We ended up playing on the road and we got destroyed by the Pacers.
0: Yeah, I do remember that. That was kind of brutal to watch.
1: I think I turned it off after the second quarter. I'm like, I'm done. This team is not showing any heart.
0: Yeah, but luckily for you, it looks like we're on the up. Yes.
1: Going over to the Western Conference, not as tight a race at the top. Uh, the Phoenix Suns right now at 49-10 and 10 are the leaders in the Western Conference. Seven, I repeat, seven games above the Golden number two Golden State Warriors, who are 42-17. and 17. Grizzlies at number three, Jazz at four, Mavs at five, Denver at six, the Timberwolves at seven, Clippers eight, Lakers nine, and Trailblazers at ten.
0: It's crazy to me, like, looking at this where the bottom team in the play-in tournament in the West is 24 games back in Portland, but the team in the East that's in the bottom, the Hawks, they're only 10 and a half back. Mm -hmm. That's just the competitive disparity between the two conferences right now is nuts. As
1: much as I'd like an Easter team to win it like the Hornets, unfortunately it will be a team from the West who wins it this year, most likely going to be the Suns or the Warriors. Maybe the Grizzlies can sneak into that conversation. We'll see. I just think, don't think the Suns, with all that firepower, Booker, Chris Paul, when he comes back healthy, DeAndre Ayton, it's hard to stop that. I mean, Giannis was able to do that last year, but it's a little bit different story this year. They're yeah. cooking a lot better than they did last year.
0: For sure. Since you teased it, we'll kind of go ahead and dive into it. Jay Williams was quoted saying that he knows that the Memphis Grizzlies will play in the finals. What do you think about that?
1: I think that's a little quick. I mean, I could see them playing, being one of the teams in the Western Conference Finals. Maybe he meant that instead. He definitely didn't, but I could much rather see them in the, I could see them upsetting the, the Warriors or the Jazz or some team like that and getting to the Western Conference Finals. I think it's the Suns' conference to lose at this point yeah. with them having a seven-game advantage over the Warriors, but, and they're also, uh, the Suns are also on an eight-game win streak right now, but. Yeah, I I think that's a little too far-fetched this early in the season, but you never know, things could happen, things could change.
0: Yeah, they can and they oftentimes do um god forbid maybe if CP3 or Devin Booker were to go down with an injury, once again not manifesting that, just saying that might could cause a momentum shift. But how about Stephen A Smith saying that James Harden has more to fix than Ben Simmons this year. Do you agree or disagree?
1: Harden has more to fix than Simmons. Um, I think it's hard to fix a shot when it's never been there. So that create a shot is different than fix one. So maybe he's right if he's speaking from that point of view. I could see that since Simmons doesn't shoot. I said it a few times on the show from uh, what part of my take is said. I mean, Simmons would be the best player in basketball history if there was no basket. Mm-hmm. But it just goes to show how good he is on the other parts of the game. But I think Harden has to do more on that um, 76ers team than Simmons would have to do on that Nets team if the if Kyrie can start playing all the games and Durant gets back healthy. So I kind of agree with Stephen A. I think Harden has a little bit more to fix. This is his worst, I believe, shooting season. So
0: Yeah. So moving on in our basketball discussion, at this point – we are a little over the halfway point. No, excuse me. Two-thirds. Two-thirds. That's right. Sorry, I got my fractions wrong. Um, who is your MVP prediction?
1: i th- um, I got to go Joel Embiid right now. What he's been able to do right now without a viable number two option. Last year, people would say that was Ben Simmons, but what he's been doing this year is absolutely incredible. He's leading the league in scoring. He's putting up crazy numbers every night in each of the other stat categories. And the only person I could really see competing with him for that are Nikolai Jokic, the last year's MVP on the Denver Nuggets, and then Chris, Paul, oh, not Chris not Paul, Stephen Curry on the Golden State Warriors. But, yeah, I think it's Joel's right now, just what he's been able to do with what's been around him. So, yeah, Joel's my pick as of the two-third point. Yeah,
0: you know, I know earlier in the day when we were just kind of talking about this before we came on the air, I said that I thought it would be Nicole Jocic going back-to-back with it. I have had a change of heart. I think it is going to be Joel Embiid. Um, so I'm in agreement with you. Uh, I think it is his to lose, really, at this point. He's been insane this year. So I look forward to kind of seeing if he can kind of keep it up down the stretch.
1: Yeah, it'll be very interesting to see that.
0: So our next kind of basketball debate: Steph Curry, top ten ever. I say yes.
1: I say yes too. That's not just the Charlotte in me speaking, but shout out seven hundred four. But even though he went to the rival high school, who's not, who's never, who has not won a basketball state championship since Steph Curry has left. Remind you, actually, Steph never won one at Charlotte Christian either. People forget that. But I think he's the best of all time. I mean, he's already broken the three point career three point record of career we're talking all time and this man still has i believe what do you think six seven eight more years
0: I, i'm not saying eight i'm saying maybe like five six i think
1: six or seven easy i'd love to see him finish in charlotte that'd be great but that'd be cool yeah i think he's definitely top 10 all time now can he jump into that higher up be very interesting to see i think i have him around nine ten right now i would have to get some other players names on a sheet of paper or something in front of me but, yeah, I think it's what he's done already. He's won, what, two or three titles? Three. Three titles. Three titles already. I think it's incredible. Best sh- shooter in NBA history. Yeah, I got him top ten.
0: Yeah, I do too. And kind of our
1: – you have any other thoughts on the NBA? It's, I think it's more wrapped up in the Western Conference. I think it's already more determined who's going to make it who's not maybe except for that 10-11 spot in the play-in, but I think the East is going to come down to the wire where teams could see It's going to be interesting to see how teams compete to get out of that play-in tournament to get that s- secured spot, but I'm excited for the second half of the year.
0: Yeah, I am too. And that being said, that is going to wrap up our NBA discussion for tonight. When we come back, we will be talking about the NHL and then spending some time on our kind of random sports discussion, that's something we're introducing this week where we will break down a different topic um, like in the world of sports. It might be what's our favorite sports Netflix show, just wh- who's our all-time favorite athlete, why, just anything we're going to say, like favorite sporting event, just that kind of thing. We look forward to starting that up in a few minutes. We'll be right back.
1: And welcome back to the Eagles Nest here on Weigel 91.1 FM here on the campus of Auburn University. I'm Greg's Blankenburg. Alongside me is my co-host, as always, Daniel Locke. After a discussion on the NBA, we'll now move into the National Hockey League, the NHL. As we run through the standings real quick before we get going on our topics for today. Leading the way in the Atlantic Division and the number one seed right now in the Eastern Conference is the Florida Panthers at 75 points. Close behind them is the Tampa Bay Lightning at 72 points. In the Metropolitan Division, the number uh, the number one spot right now, unfortunately, is the Carolina Hurricanes at 74. New York Rangers at second with 71. And the Pittsburgh Penguins not far behind them at 70. Moving on to the Western Conference, the Calgary Flames in the Pacific leading the way with 66 points. That's something we wouldn't see right now, I believe. Usually it's the Knights' position to hold.
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely a fresh face in the NHL like kind of recently. So Always
1: better when a Canadian team do- do- is doing well.
0: I agree. It, it feels, I don't know if authentic is the right word, mm-hmm. but it just feels natural. Natural, that's a good word.
1: And finally, leading the way in all the NHL in points, with 78 points is the Colorado Avalanche. Nate McKinnon, he's pretty good at hockey, I'd say. But yeah, what he's done for that franchise has been incredible to see this year. Yeah, that's, a, that's a fun hockey team.
0: It really is. They're a lot of fun to watch. Um, and he was kind of there when they were like starting to kind of get good, but still had a little while to go. So it's really cool to kind of see him leading this team out the shadows and real quick, since you mentioned it, would you mind mentioning for everyone who might not be familiar what a point is in hockey standings?
1: Yes, the points in hockey standings. We'll get to the stat, what it means in the stats in a second. The points in the uh, standings for, for the NHL, a win is two points. So if a team wins, that would be two points for them. A loss is equal to zero points. However, if you get a team to overtime, but your team ends up losing, you get a one-point for an overtime loss, which can eventually add up and be very detrimental to your season, just playing very hard till the end. But moving on uh, to the NHL stat leaders, at the number one spot right now is 74 per points, Jonathan Herbadou. I believe I pronounced that last name right. A lot of hard names in the NHL, but passing Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, who have been number one for a while there.
0: Good job, Jonathan.
1: Well, way to Good go, job, of boy. There we go. Woo! Good job. Let's go. Clap it up, baby. Clap it up. Good stuff. But yeah, Leon Dreisidel and Connor McDavid tied for second with 73 points. Um, as everyone knows, we are the number one anti-Edmonton Oilers podcast here. In I'd say, I'd say, the, I'd say the world. Oh <laughs> yeah, We've official got, number one.
0: Be, bro, we we gotta find a way to get up to an Edmonton game. If they play Nashville, we gotta go and just raise all sorts of ruckus.
1: We do have some we do have some connections with Nashville. We do. But yeah. We miss
0: you, Eamon. Come back to us, buddy. <laughs> but yeah. I know uh, he's listening.
1: Yes, he definitely is. Tweet at me, Eamon. But um a point in however a point in the uh, standings is different than a point for the players. You get a point in hockey for every assist and or goal that you have, so a goal or assist is worth one point. So that means Leon Dreisido was seventy three points has seventy three goals or an assists combined. So that's pretty impressive, honestly. Yeah, it is. Those top three are ten above uh, nine above the next guy at number at with sixty four points. So pretty impressive for them. And the American leading the way with goals this year, Austin Matthews for Toronto with thirty six. Good job, Austin. Way to represent the red, white and blue. I wish you played for a different team, but yes. Yes. Come home to the Hawks. We have the best American of all time on our team. Yes we going to get over to that debate later. That'll be next week's debate. Next week's debate. Uh for first talking point talking point for this one, the Panthers, Daniel, are they a pretender or are they a contender?
0: You know, I feel like I've seen this movie before. The Florida Panthers, they're always pretty dominant in the regular season. They always in the, they always earn themselves a decently high seed in the Eastern Conference in the playoffs. This year, like in the Atlantic Division, they'll
1: be decently high. People forget they lost their head coach at the start of the year due to some yeah. unforeseen stuff from a different past. That is that is definitely
0: interesting. The fact because normally when something like that happens, kind of everything just kind of goes down the drain. It's everyone a, it's a tank year, right? Everyone kind of just mentally checks out. But we haven't really seen that, and because of that, I'm willing to say that they are a contender.
1: I think they're a contender too. Now, does that mean that they will make it to the Cup Finals? I do not know. The Lightning are a wagon, and unfortunately, so are the Hurricanes right now. But you never know. I mean, Team of Destiny vibes. Listen, who would have thought the two top teams in the Eastern, uh, two of the top teams in the Eastern Conference here would be the two Florida teams?
0: Yeah. Um. I last year in the Stanley Cup playoffs when they were going on, I saw this thing on Instagram where it was talking about like different ways the NHL season could end. There was the NBA ending where it was like two media favorites play and one dominates the other in four or five games. Then my personal favorite, and this is relevant here, it was the Frick Canada ending where it was two teams that play in predominantly warm weather climates down south mm-hmm. of the Mason-Dixon line play in the cup. W- in, uh, wasn't
1: that uh, Vegas versus Tampa?
0: Yeah, it could have been that. That would have put any of those, like it could. Oh no, sorry, it was
1: Vegas, Washington. Yeah. Then that cup. Oops.
0: But if it was Vegas and Nashville, that would have applied. Just anywhere in the southern part of the United States.
1: Listen, I don't care who wins the cup as long as it's not the Red Wings, the the Blues, or the Hurricanes. So. Oilers. Oh yeah, and the Oilers. Forgot about that, but they won't ever win. They won't. No, nope, they, can't, they can't even get out of the first round. Right. It's kind of funny. But yeah, quick talking point. Montreal, as we spoke about last week, still, still very much yikes. Uh-oh, oh yeah. Oh Dude, no. Big yikes. But people still forget. Carey Price is still not with them right now.
0: Which I love. Even though I'm a Bruins fan, I like Carey Price a lot. I respect him. I hope he's getting the help he needs, and I hope we can see him make a recovery. But other than him, I compartmentalize him. But aside from that, I like watching Montreal struggle.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, power rankings. Avalanche won. Pretty much all we really need to say. Yeah. Corey Perry six four hundredth goal. Congrats. Uh, this weekend we got the sta- we'll talk about this in our who you got next segment. But the Stadium Series is returning to Nissan Stadium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Tampa Bay Lightning, back-to-back reigning Stanley Cup champions, will be taking on the Nashville Predators in the second outdoor game of the season. That's going to be an interesting matchup. I mean, I've never really seen Nashville as a, per se, we can see Nashville playing as a hockey team, but Nashville playing outdoors. But
0: Yeah, it's definitely weird to see, but I feel like it'll be good. Um, I thought about going um, because I'm going to be in Tennessee anyways. When this um, Auburn-Tennessee game was originally supposed to be at 11, I was playing on it, but now it's just – it's not going to work out. They're too far apart to make this happen, but I think it's going to be great. Uh, the weather will be right for it, and I'm really hoping that Nashville can kind of do a good job hosting this.
1: Yeah, I don't, um, this will be kind of it'll be kind of a letdown when it goes to Carter finley next year, unfortunately. Yeah, but don't really know why they would do that. I mean, an outdoor game in Raleigh, North Carolina, in February—it's going to be lukewarm-ish. So, but hopefully they won't have the same situation. I mean, even though I don't like the Hurricanes, hopefully they won't have the same situation as our club hockey team this weekend. Had, or what is it, this weekend? Yeah, if you if don't know
0: that um, the Auburn University club hockey team, once again, shout out Eamon Smith, they were supposed to have an, a two-day outdoor series with Georgia. Um, unfortunately, the weather was supposed to be in the mid-80s both days. So they ended up just playing one indoor game that is tonight actually, um, no tomorrow night. Tomorrow night, and hopefully Auburn can bring home a big win against the Dogs.
1: Yeah, always good to beat that team. Yeah. to the East. Um, r- real quick, another t- popping point before we get to our random segment. Jack Eichel, after all that debacle he went through last year with Buffalo, he scored it after his controversial shoulder disc replacement, he got his first goal as a Golden Knight. So good to see Jack succeed, even yeah. though I don't really think – I think he think he and Buffalo had a different opinion on what they wanted to do with his body, but it seems to work so far with the Knights. He's played four games. I think he already has one goal. So hopefully he'll get back into that striking form. Yeah, I'm hoping so too. Also, the
0: Nashville Predators will be retiring number 35 for Pecorine pretty soon. Their longtime goaltender, it still feels weird watching a Preds game and not seeing Pekka in net. Mm-hmm. I miss it. I like Pekka a lot. One of my all-time favorite goaltenders, and I'm going to miss him. I really wish he had gotten a cup.
1: I'm just, I'm glad he didn't get one in 2015, but yeah, it's, it's whatever.
0: Yeah. So the NHL trade deadline is coming up. Claude Giroux has been a Philadelphia Flyer for a very long time. He was on the cover of NHL 13 uh, in a in his Flyers uniform,
1: and was he the one who won the NHL All Star Game MVP? I'm pretty sure we talked. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I think that uh, really helped his trade stock. I don't know what the direction of Philly is, what they were wanting to do. Uh, Let me check the standings real quick. Philly bottom of the. Metropolitan, forty points, not good. Maybe time to sell. I'm thinking At, so. I think it's time to sell. So I think that would go. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see how this is also kind of co-aligned with the NBA. So two thirds of the way, I think a few of those one seeds. You already got it locked up. Mainly Colorado with a uh, eight point lead over uh, a twelve point lead over St. Louis. Thank you, Colorado. Claps up for Colorado. Thank you for beating the brakes off the Blues. And that's, the real, that's really the only far away one. So the other top three, that other top seeds are up for grabs. So.
0: Yeah, they are. And I'm looking forward to this NHL playoff race. It's going to be a good one. Looking forward to seeing it. So now we're going to kind of move into our kind of random sports segment. This week's topic, Griggs and I will be explaining what our favorite sports movie is and why. I'll go first. I'm a huge hockey guy, I love this great country that you and I call home, so I'm going to have to say Miracle, just a beautiful story, and the effects of what that team did are still being felt throughout the hockey part of this country today, that really put the sport of hockey on the map in the United States, both the NHL, college hockey, anything you got, more people started playing in America, and... You know, that's just one of the best stories of all time. And that team will always hold a special place in the hearts of every hockey fan in the United States, even those of us like Griggs and I who were not alive to witness that awesome 1980 U.S. Olympic hockey team. So that is my answer. Griggs, you want to go ahead?
1: Although Miracle is great, I will say my favorite one. You have, we talked about this earlier, but my I like a lot of the. Behind the scenes stuff with sports. I'm really interested in sports business. That's what I plan to do, unless I get really good at the media thing. So we'll see what happens here. But that I think you get where I'm going with this one. My favorite movie, based uh, favorite sports movie of all time, is Moneyball with Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill. Um, I just like the way how it kind of went through the life of Billy Bean and how he transformed a team that lost their three best players and lost in the uh, I believe the divisional round to the New York Yankees. They, I knew they lost the Yankees, I think it was the divisional round. But and then turned that team around with a bunch of people that baseball overlooked and now they that um model has been used in all of baseball. Like I believe the Red Sox used that in twenty thirteen, am I is that correct? Yep. Yep, they used that same model that Billy Bean used, even though he turned down the Sox originally. But yeah, that's my favorite sports movie of all time with that. Um I'd say probably close second, I think I agree with you earlier when you were talking about this the field of dreams. Oh, yeah,
0: Field of Dreams is my number two. Not even close.
1: So, yeah. Um, with that, we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we got our weekly pick segment, Who You Got? So don't go anywhere. You're listening to The Eagle's Nest here on a Weagle 91.1 FM. And welcome back to The Eagle's Nest here on Weagle 91.1 FM here on the campus of Auburn University. I am Griggs Blankenberg. Alongside me, as always, is my ho- co-host Daniel Locke. Yo. <laughs> Following up our uh, National Hockey League and our favorite sports movie segment, we will now transition to our weekly pick'em segment. That we still don't have a prize or loser punishment yet. It's who you got. Right now, our records currently are: is Daniel at thirty-one and nineteen, after going six and four last week, and me at thirty-four and sixteen. Going at nine and one last week. Only I think my
0: record's good enough to have me on pace
1: for the one seed in the West. Potentially, yeah. I mean that that'd be ranked in um um what's it called? That'd be ranked in uh Gonzagas conference, probably. Oh yeah, for sure. That'd be counted as a quad one win for them. But no matter Let's move into the slate. we got a lot of college basketball, some NBA, NHL, and we'll finish up with the Tigers matchup on Saturday in Knoxville. So let's get it going right now. First game is Saturday in East Lansing, Michigan. We have the Purdue Boilermakers versus the Michigan State Spartans. So, Daniel, who you got?
0: This is tough. Um, It's always tough to predict road college basketball matchups, even every game, a road matchup, less than neutral site. However, even when you have a good team, visiting a team that's struggling a little bit, always hard to predict, even in the Big Ten, or especially in the Big Ten. But I'm still going to take Purdue.
1: Yeah, I'm going to take Purdue as well. I think the um, Jay Nives has been remarkable this year, even though you might not like him since you're an IU fan still. But he's been playing really well this year. Oh, Purdue, wait, did they split the series, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, but I got Purdue in this one. Michigan State's been down in the dumps as of late. So, that'll be interesting to see, but I got the Boilermakers. Moving on to the second most important matchup in the SEC, the two versus the four seed currently in the SEC tournament. The Kentucky Wildcats are taking on the Arkansas Razorbacks in Fayetteville, Arkansas, in Bud Walton Arena. So, Daniel, who you got?
0: You know, this is tough. Um... But I think Cal and the Wildcats get it done. I'm going with UK.
1: I'm going to go with Arkansas because if they they have the ability to recreate what they did against Auburn, and parts of me believe they can, whether they win or they don't, I think they can kind of recreate that atmosphere since Kentucky and Auburn are the two blue bloods in the SEC who can draw crowds. So the two people people want to see knocked off. But, yeah, I got Arkansas right now with J.D. Note playing really well in the last game. I'm going to go with the Pigs. Whooping. Moving on to it, to the Carrier Dome on Saturday in the final matchup between Mike Krzyzewski and Jim Boeheim, unless they play in the ACC or NCAA tournament. We have the Duke Blue Devils taking on the Syracuse Orange. So, Daniel, who you got?
0: Hmm. Duke.
1: I got Duke as well. Paulo Benchero has been playing eh, okay, these past couple games. They beat Virginia barely. They beat them by like four, even though they covered. Um, I think Syracuse will have a great atmosphere. I mean, it's always a great atmosphere in the largest arena in college basketball. So that will be interesting to see. But I think it will be too too much for the, the Orange and Buddy Beheim and Jim Beheim. So I'm going to go with the uh, Duke Blue Devils, unfortunately. But yeah. – Let's move it on to the Big 12, a top 10 matchup. Both teams ranked in the top 10. We have the number 5 Kansas Jayhawks taking on the number 10 Baylor Bears in Waco, Texas on Saturday. So, Daniel, who you got? Give me the Bears. Yeah, I'm going to go with Baylor. I think I originally was going to go Kansas earlier, but I've been thinking Baylor all the whole time I've been doing the show. I just think the way they'll be able to play at home. Waco's been ever since they become that basketball kind of power. They've been a hard to beat at home. I know they lost a couple at home earlier in the season, but I still think Baylor's gonna win. Um, well, I think it'll be a really great game. I think Kansas will give them a lot of opportunities, but give me Baylor. But moving on, finally to our last game before the Auburn game, we have the Gonzaga Bulldogs taking on the High School of Saint Mary's. Oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry, the Saint Mary's Gales on Saturday in um, Saint. Ma- I don't know. I don't know where Saint Mary's is, but Daniel, can we talked about this a little bit in a while ago? But can you tell me how many people? How many people the Gonzaga Bas uh, no, not Gonzaga. Saint Mary's Gales basketball arena can sit.
0: Is it less than seven thousand?
1: It is less than seven thousand.
0: Is it less than five? It is less than five. Is it more than twenty five hundred?
1: Just a little bit more. It's thirty five hundred wow. for these St. Mary's Gales. That is incredible, isn't it? There, isn't
0: yeah, it? there are probably more some some high schools that have larger mm-hmm. cap than that.
1: My school could probably pack in more than that if they tr- really wanted to. I but.
0: don't think my school could. Um, I think my school could probably. I think my school might be able to get. Uh, I don't know. I don't think my school could get much over a 1,000.
1: Um. All right, yeah, I'm going to take Gonzaga. I think they're too, too yeah, much, yeah. too much, too, too much for anyone in that conference, which sucks for them because Gonzaga's a good team. They just need better competition down the stretch. I think that's why they kind of always simmer down in, in March and April, but we'll see what happens. But moving on to the World of the National Basketball Association, Saturday we have the number three seed in the West, Memphis, taking on the number two seed in the East, the Chicago, oh, number one seed in the East. Sorry about that, the Chicago Bulls in the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Daniel, who you got? You know, this is tough to pick. Jaws good. Memphis is good. Mm-hmm. We witnessed that we firsthand. D- we did. Even though the Hornets did come back, it was they actually did. kind of impressive. That and they
0: then they it. blew it again.
1: I mean, they had JT, um, we love JT Thorne, Auburn guy, but we had JT Thorne and not Miles Bridges in, like, the last, like, six minutes of that game. Yeah, I'm not but. sure what was going on. But I've got to go with the Bulls. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Bulls, too. I think that's just, I think with the way DeMar DeRozan's been playing, he's been probably one of the most improved players of the year. I don't think he'll win that award. I don't know who will, honestly, but he's been playing incredible. So, yeah, give me the Bulls. Uh. Next game, we have the Brooklyn Nets taking on the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks. Giannis and the Bucks are playing host to the Nets, which they will have Kyrie Irving. I don't think Ben Simmons is ready yet, and um, Kevin Durant will still be out with injury. So, Daniel, who you got? Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one for
0: um, the Nets if they're going to be shorthanded like that. So I've got to go with the Bucks at home.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Bucks too. I think Giannis is just too much of a presence for Kyrie to take in all on his own. Now if he had Kevin Durant, maybe even Ben Simmons with him, I think the Nets win. But yeah, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the um um Bucks. Moving on to the National Hockey League in a game that might will be very important in the West, I believe. Yes. Is the New York Rangers taking on the Pittsburgh Penguins. So Daniel, who you got?
0: You know, this is tough. Both teams are playing pretty good hockey right now. I'm going to have to go with the Pins. unfortunately. Pittsburgh Penguins.
1: Yeah, that'll be very interesting to see this matchup. Uh, this is, I believe, a primetime game on ABC. Um, it's in Pittsburgh. Um, Crosby's one of the greatest of all time, but unfortunately, I'm going to go with the Rangers. I think they got... To, I think they've been the hotter team as of late. I, yeah, I just think the Rangers are going to win this one. Moving on to our final game of the day that is not Auburn-related, we have the Tampa Bay Lightning taking on the Nashville Predators in Nissan Stadium for the NHL 2022 Stadium Series. We already talked about this in the previous segment. You can rewind back and listen to that at any point on the Spotify podcast. But, Daniel, who you got? You know,
0: I like Nashville. I like what they've been able to do. I just I don't think they're going to be able to get this done against Tampa Bay right now. It's playing out of their mind, so I'm going to have to go with the
1: Lightning. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Lightning, too. I think even though it would be hurtful to see that Nashville will unfortunately suffer on the big stage, I'm going to go with the Lightning. Vazileski has been one of the best goalkeepers continuously the past couple of seasons in the National Hockey League. Um and just the star power that Tampa Bay brings along, even though Nashville has been on the up-and-up the past couple years. But, yeah, I'm going to take the lightning with that one. Yep, and that will wrap it up for the non-Auburn picks. But finally, our last pick of the day, we have the Auburn Tigers, number three in the nation, taking on the Tennessee Volunteers, who are number 17 in the nation. Daniel will be there. I will not. I will be on my couch. That will be 3 p.m. Central Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on ESPN on Saturday in Thomas Bowling Arena in Knoxville, Tennessee. So, Daniel, who you got?
0: You know, this just occurred to me. Auburn is undefeated this year when Daniel James Locke is in the building. Daniel James Locke. Only basketball. Uh, very true. Thank <laughs> you for clarifying. I'll be in the building. Therefore, Auburn gets it done. In all seriousness, I don't think I'm the reason Auburn's going to win. I think Auburn is going to win now.
1: I think it'll be close. Uh, I was on a radio show sometime the other day or today, but talking about Auburn, I said to some Tennessee dudes, you can check that out with them on WUTK. But I'm going to go with Auburn here. I think Auburn's got the better. I think that what's going to come down to is can Tennessee do anything in the post and how will Auburn play offensively. I think Auburn will play better offensively with Katie Johnson getting back in this stretch and um, uh, Wendell continuing to be better. So I'm going to go with them. Uh, I'm going to go with the Tigers by four. I'm going to say 65-61, and that'll do it for us today. Uh, for Gr- um, Thank you so much for listening. I am Griggs Blankenberg. He is Daniel Locke. You can catch this podcast later on Spotify. You can also catch us next week back here at 10 a.m. on WEGL, 91.1 FM. For Griggs Blanken- for Daniel Locke, I'm Griggs Blankenberg. Good night, and War Eagle. Thank you for tuning in to The Eagle's Nest. We enjoyed bringing you updates on everything going on in the world of sports. If you missed any of today's show, you can catch the podcast version wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter at Daniel J. Locke, and at The Until next time, this has been The Eagle's Nest. See you next week.